you and your degenerate friends already waste enough time thinking about disc golf. But just in case, here's some extra material on the Fish Golf Broadcast. On this episode of the Fish Golf Broadcast, I got to sit down with Chandler Fry. Chandler, what you thinking about? You know what? I'm just happy to be out here on the road talking to you, Fish, and uh, participating in the Bra-de-cast, which is kind of a silly name. Uh, thank you. It's a working title for now. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, so we're here at Waco, and uh, you've been on tour for several years, so this is not your first time no. here. I believe this is my third time here, and uh, I actually didn't play the Memorial this year, so I came down here about a week early. And this is my eighth day at Waco practicing. Okay. Um, this certainly seems like one of the places that players are excited to get practice rounds in. Yeah. For me, um, I have some friends in China Spring, which is just down the road. So I like mm-hmm. to hang out with them a little bit. And also the combination of open wooded holes out here. It's just fun to practice, fun to play, fun to kind of tune in your game. And uh, just hopefully feel a little better about yourself once the tournament starts. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you think you're soft for taking a week off after the first event of the season? Uh, I think if I took off, like, the Champions Cup or something, I'd be soft. But <laughs> Memorial, I've I played Memorial a couple times, and I just don't like throwing at people who don't know what disc golf is. Like, there's just people walking around the course. I think Gannon Burr hit somebody this year. Yeah. I just don't I, I don't like that style of golf. It's not my thing. It's it's also a really long season. Like, it's yeah. it's hard to maintain the level of focus and enthusiasm if every single week becomes a grind and like maybe managing your workload early in the season can help that right yeah last year i think i played 28 tournaments and i realized that that was a little bit too much of a workload for me sure so this year i definitely committed to taking some breaks um maybe a a week off in between every single tournament just to kind of center myself get back to oh fuck i don't know what i'm saying shit fuck Oh yeah, you can definitely do a cuss on the fish golf broadcast. This is a family. <laughs> can we fl- edit that out? No. Yeah, I, this I is a family-friendly program. Unless breaks are important. Your family is, you know, yeah, really I'm, uptight. I'm not, I'm not a cussy guy, though. Well, you can be. <laughs> I've I've seen you be cussy. Like, yeah, well, uh, for example, like last year at Green Mountain Championship, you just weren't having a good time by that point, right? The first round, I was having a great time, <laughs> and after the quadruple bogey on the third hole, I definitely was not. But yeah, uh, it's understandable. Quad bogeys don't feel great. Yeah, and especially when it's on Jomez, it just makes everything a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone gets to see your greatest failure of the day, huh? Yeah, but I think for me, uh, I did. I don't watch myself that much on YouTube, but I did go back and watch that round just to see how I handled myself after yeah. that quadruple bogey. And because uh, I kind of blacked out, to be honest with you, like mm-hmm. my mind was just all over the place because I was in the lead at an elite series tournament. And I was scared, and then the worst possible thing happened, and I quadruple bogeyed one of the easiest holes on the course. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I was actually pretty proud of myself coming back from that. I was I was smiling. I was making myself uh, just – I was trying to make myself a little happier, just trying to bring myself back, and I actually ended up shooting under par that round. Yeah, that I mean, from where you started, that's pretty solid. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, and, and that kind of dovetails nicely into uh, a series you've been doing with Disc Golf Bra, not yeah. Fish Golf Bra. Uh <laughs> called mental health mondays yeah uh, it started last year towards the beginning of the year um i had a little mental breakdown in tallahassee florida i had a just something happened where i just i was missing home 
things weren't going my way on the road. A couple of incidents happened with a few fellow competitors that kind of left me feeling not great. <laughs> so yeah. I decided I needed to take some time for myself every week and uh, go do something that I enjoyed doing, either go to the zoo, national park, play some disc golf, and just kind of document that so I can go back and watch it and make sure that uh, I, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. just like make sure that my mental health is being taken care of and I'm not just out here grinding every week, over every day playing disc golf. I want to just make sure that my head is in a good place. And I decided to document that and put it on Instagram and a disc golf bra decided to help me out this year with the, with the series. That that's really awesome, yeah. um, and I, I think I've consciously been trying to do about the same thing. Like, yeah. take Mondays and Tuesdays a little easier. Don't don't yeah. go to the course and putt for three hours, but mm -hmm. you know, go explore, go see the local sites. Yeah, uh, that's another thing. We're traveling across the country playing disc golf, and there's so many amazing p places that we just drive by. Yeah, so many amazing places. There's so many national parks, na national monuments, state parks that are just incredible that not all people know about. You know. And we have the opportunity to go out there and experience them. But at the same time, um, it can get kind of like lonely out here. Yeah. Because, you know, although all of your disc golfing friends are here every single week, like mm. your family's at home yeah. and your bed is kind of makeshift a lot of the time, right? Absolutely, yeah. It is tough. Um, and it's important. I'm lucky to have found the people that I found in the mm -hmm. disc golf community because they are with me every week, essentially. They're all they're always there. Like Erica Stinchcomb, Raven Klein, Ella Hansen, James Proctor, Eric Oakley. They're my friends on the road. Yeah. And they've kind of graduated past just the disc golf friends to real life friends. You know, and I have the friends back home that I see every off season and every once in a while during the actual season. But it is tough being away from my dog, being away from my, yeah. my parents, being away from my uh, hometown friends. Mm -hmm. But uh, my friends on the road definitely help me out with that. And uh, you have a bad landlord, right? Is that correct? What? Or did, is it a former landlord at this point? Were you not living with the Sextons? No, yeah, I was. He wasn't a bad landlord, though. Are you sure? What are you talking about? I'd like you to start some shit. I'm not starting anything. <laughs> the sex, uh, Nate Sexton, Brianna Sexton, and Coraline Sexton have been nothing but amazing. <laughs> you're trying, you're trying to start something here. No, I owe a lot to the Sextons. Um, I've I've lived with them um, off and on for the last uh, few years. They're now in Salem, Oregon. Okay. So I'm not living them. I haven't lived with them for the last uh, year and a half. But um, yeah, they've helped me out. They've given me a place to sleep. They've been pretty much my family, uh, part of my family, for the last ten years of my life. So, yeah, I, I have nothing against the Sextons. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to start something. Jeez. That doesn't sound like me. No. Um, Do you have something against Nate? Uh, not yet. All right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that you do. <laughs> <laughs> One of the nicest guys in disc golf. <laughs> yes, a absolutely. Um, so, Chandler, I feel like you and I are kind of in a similar position on tour where we are not, like, we are clearly elite players, yeah. but we are not the best in the world right now correct and you know sometimes for a tournament for a round for a couple months like we can really play up and be mm. super competitive um but unless you're winning you know three or four times on the elite series a year it's yeah. hard to negotiate sponsorships Absolutely. Um, so can you talk about uh you know what off seasons have been like and how you kind of cobble together three or four different things to make a complete like yeah. touring package for yourself. Yeah, until this year, I didn't have an agent. Mm -hmm. I now have an agent through Disc Golf Pro Management, 
But uh, before this year, I was doing everything by myself. And it is stressful trying to manage your career, your family life, your personal life, and like trying to get sponsorships from major companies and dealing with contracts and negotiations. And uh, I'm a pretty humble guy. I'm a pretty nice guy. And so when I go into negotiations, I'm kind of just like, sure. That, and that, that sounds great. That sort of works against you if you're not it, willing to like advocate it really for yourself. Does. And it is bad business to do that. It is bad business to not try to sell yourself as much as possible. And I have a hard time doing that. And I guess in the process, like you kind of also have to tear down other players a little bit. Yeah, and I but, don't. But do not that. make it personal. I can't do that. <laughs> I really can't do that because I, I look at these players like they're my friends and I want the best for them right. as well as for me. So yeah. can, can you tell me a little bit about like, how you and your agent have worked together, uh, what that relationship is like, and how they advocated for you this yeah. this offseason? So I'll start with last year. I was on the Discraft Elite team. Mm-hmm. I had the Tour Series, which has been a goal of mine for a long time. And the season didn't go very well, to be honest with you. Like, I had a few good tournaments. I think my California West Coast stretch was okay. I got fifth at OTB. Yeah. But uh, as a whole, the season went pretty horribly. So I was kind of going into the offseason thinking, man, I don't know what I have to sell. I don't know what my product is. I, I'm a broken man, <laughs> you know? And so I looked into a, a potential agent, and I was talking to my buddy Eric Oakley and James Proctor, and uh, they mentioned their agent uh, from DGPM. Sure. And I went to him, and he actually managed to help me out with uh, my Discraft uh, sponsorship, mm-hmm. which is much less than it was last year, unfortunately, due to the, the loss of a Tour Series disc, which is huge. They also picked up a bunch of really good players, like Fantas- like Holland Hanley, Anthony Barella. You, you look at that, and, like it's understandable yeah. that you're being squeezed out a little bit. I was really squeezed, but out, but at yeah. the same time, like Discraft has been at least for me very good about you know making sure I'm taken care of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're taking care of my entry fees. They took care of my uh, tour pass card. They're yeah. taking their. I have a monthly salary from them, which is great. But just compared to last year, though, it's very different. <laughs> so I found myself struggling to find other sponsors that could help me out. And uh, to be honest with you, they didn't go very well because it was later in the contract season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my bag sponsorship is pretty much just an ambassador sponsorship where I get a bag mm-hmm. and a code. And if you use, if you type in Chandler when you buy Squatch, a Squatch disc golf bag, you get $20 off. And I get a cut from that. Yeah. But uh, other than that, like I have whale sacks, which is more of like a family friend sponsorship. You know, I get whale sacks, yeah, yeah, and they can. I sell a couple signature uh, whale sacks every year, Mm -hmm. and I get like fifty bucks. So it's not that much of a. Other than Discraft, I don't have much going on. (laughs) So if you're if you're a sponsorship uh, sponsor out there looking for a big old guy to sponsor, Uh, uh, hit me up. (laughs) Yeah, a very a very big fun goofy guy. Yeah, a big old. Bigfoot kind of guy. Right. So if you're, you know, if that's what you're marketing. Squatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yet, uh, isn't Squatch soap? Isn't that a thing? Hit me up. <laughs> I will use your soap and I will take video of it. Then somebody's got to be in Post that. on Instagram. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who wants to see me clean myself with Squatch soap? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's our next Patreon level. Uh, there, there is no Patreon level for that. Uh, there could be yet. Could be uh, an OnlyFans situation. Uh, only chance. Only chance. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. Um. So, <laughs> next off season, do you have a sense of uh, what you and your agent are going to talk about? Like, what yeah. are you going to be? I'm, I'm not asking you to disparage any of your current sponsors, but yeah. like, are you going to ask? 
your spon- your uh, your agent to start looking for companies that are outside disc golf that you could uh, work with? Yeah, I think every year we see a couple of new outside companies coming in and sponsoring. Like I think Maria Oliva just got Kavu, right. which is a climbing wear company. And they now make disc golf bags. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of opportunity out there that we can explore. But right now, I'm totally focused on this season. And because uh, it's a lot of sponsorship is a lot about performance based yeah. outcomes. And so if I play well, it'll be easier to get sponsorships. So mm-hmm. right now, I'm completely focused on playing well. That's why I got 65th at Las Vegas. <laughs> missed the cut. Um, that was, I. I was I had high hopes going to that tournament because I got 17th last year, yeah. but I got 65th this year, and I kind of attribute that to just the first tournament of the year getting the get, get the rest off. Yeah. So Waco, I'm trying to make another splash, Definitely. but I'm totally focused on performing, taking care of myself, taking care of my brain. Yeah. And winning so, some tournaments, or at least top ten in some tournaments. Sometimes it's difficult to like navigate the I am not my performance it's tough aspect especially when you're completely judged by companies <laughs> by your performance yeah, yeah yeah and like you can make excuses for one tournament like you can say for Vegas that it was you know you didn't have a good showing because it was the first tournament yeah you didn't focus quite right you were you know you were working in a couple discs whatever but like if that continues the entire season yeah you're just the excuse guy you're not yeah. the you're not the had a bad day guy <clears throat> yeah yeah, it's it, it is tough because uh much like the PGA tour nowadays on the PGA tour or the disc golf pro tour, you can win one tournament and be considered and, and your season can be considered successful. Yeah. So that's kinda what I'm hoping for, to have a couple good tournaments and a mm-hmm. like few bad tournaments obviously it's gonna happen because my consistency is just not as like consistent as Paul McBeth or Ricky Wysocki. Sure. But if I can have a couple good tournaments, that's all I want. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah. If I can win Waco, I mean, maybe we can tie. For, yeah. yeah, hopes remain alive. You and me. Yeah, playoff, eighteen hole playoff. Yeah, eighteen down, hole playoffs. It comes down to hole eighteen. Who can make it over the water in a forty mile per hour headwind? Do you think that's somehow you and I have both made it to that situation? Yeah, I can see throughout I'm, regulation. I'm, I, <laughs> I have a vision board in my van, and it's just a picture of you and me with the number one and. The Texas, just outline. like yeah. heartily shaking hands and agreeing to yep. uh, split everything. <laughs> yeah, like like Solomon's wisdom, we're breaking the trophy in half. <laughs> what is, what's the trophy this year? I hope it's something glass uh, that we can't break. Probably like a embalmed alligator gar. Oh baby, that's That'd what be I sweet. Want. I'm Gavin Babcock, and I like to listen to the Fish Golf Broadcast while I eat my life away. I'm Raven Klein, and I listen to the Fish Golf Broadcast while I'm drawing sticker designs. If you like where this show is headed, stick around for part two. We'll never barrage you with 11 minutes of droning external ads to start the show. So please support the Fish Golf Broadcast by visiting discgolfbra.com for hats and other apparel. Fish stamp discs are available at fishdiscgolf.com and daddydiscgolf.com, and you can save 10% on upperparkdiscgolf.com with the code ANDREW10 on backpacks and other items. And now, more lies and outrageous claims from our guest, met with calm reason by Fish. Do you think they'll give us the the mammoth from the Waco Mammoth Monument? A femur bone? Yeah. Dude, that thing is huge. Would it fit in your van? No. It would not fit in your car. Well, it certainly wouldn't fit I in your can, Prius from I mean, last year. We can year. just strap it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have a new vehicle. Yeah. I have a um, little Chan van. Chan van. The Chan van. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so you were in a Prius for a while. For two years. And mostly yeah. Airbnb camping out of yep. that? Hotels, Airbnb. Not much camping. I did actually sleep in the Prius a couple times. I could... That's it, a desperate move, isn't it? Yeah, it was mostly just on like short little trips. I had to like do one night stay over yeah. and a rest stop. And I can actually fold the back out, put a little <laughs> mat back. It was horrible. For I'm six foot four. For people who don't know, and uh, Priuses are not very large. And uh, I actually managed to squeeze in there a couple, a couple nights, just a couple mm-hmm. for the entire year. But I, I decided to uh, get rid of the miles per gallon and go for storage, and I got a Ford Transit Connect. XLT, okay. which do you know what that stands for? Uh, no, not yet. Extra luxurious truck. Is so that I'm living a life of luxury? Is right that now. true? Or are you making it up? No, XLT. That's what it stands for. You can ask Ford. Extra luxurious truck. You know, extra starts with an E, I right? I do know that, but it's extra, extra. It's just <laughs> with an X. It's like the extreme. Tri- One of my favorite discs. It's it's not extreme. It's <laughs> extreme. It's less. Eh, it's marks. Okay. <laughs> Don't know where I'm going with that. But yeah, I got the van and uh, I can sleep in there. Yeah. I'm still kind of doing the Airbnb thing. But uh, once the hotter days, the hotter months start, there's no way I can live in a van. <laughs> I'm a sweaty guy. so. Um, but there are some tournaments where like camping is the move, right? Like preserve or something. Yeah. And even Waco right now, like mm-hmm. right, right, right next to us right now, there's 20 vans in the parking lot. And uh, if you have AC, if you have insulation, it's a good good way to go, but my van does not currently. Is is that something you're gonna try to outfit? Yes, I am gonna try to get some uh, AC in there, some solar. Mm-hmm. But I got the van about three four weeks before I left on tour. It was kind of last minute where I was like, I don't know if I want the Prius. What should I do? And I, I was looking into it, and there's a van available close by. So I was like, let's do it. So sure. I gave the Prius to my mom and uh, took, got the van. Okay. Yeah, I built it up. My dad's actually a. He used to be. He went to school for boat design. Okay. Uh, he, I think he actually graduated with a political science degree. But uh, he he works in a marina. He has a lot of experience with woodworking. He's a great woodworker. And he's going to convert your well, Chan he, van into a boat? Yep. An amphibious van. Uh-huh. Yep. But he and I worked on it a little bit. We built a platform in there. So the law storage is actually a full-size bed that I can sleep on when I want to. and uh, Taller than six foot four. Yeah, I can actually stretch out. Yeah. It's comfy. <laughs> I got some nice uh, Casper pillows. They actually came in a box. And that was the first time in my life that I bought a pillow that didn't come in a plastic bag. Um, so I'm kind of moving up in the world, I feel like. Yeah, like, okay, so the concept of fuck you money. Yeah. Like, if you were holding $30,000 right now, nobody could tell you nothing, right? Yeah. At what point in your life was it box pillow money was equivalent to fuck you money? Like age 17? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. And yeah. now you're how old? 32. 32. I'm old. Uh, no, you're not old. Mm-hmm. But you've been a PDGA member for 20 years. You're disc golf old. Yeah, next year I will be a 20-year PDGA member, which is wild to think about. I, <laughs> over half your life. Yeah. Well over half. My dad and I signed my brother. Yeah, my dad signed my brother and I and him up in 2003. We started in 2002. Okay. And I'm, not, I'm now 25541. So you're winning almost every... Like PDGA number tie. Yeah. It I'm take, also playing with a, kids. I started playing disc golf before they were born, which is... How disheartening is that? It's not this... I mean, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, when they beat you, it's disheartening. If you beat them, you're like, yeah, I got you. I'm older. I'm more experienced. <laughs> and then when like they <laughs> kick your butt, you're just like, 
Okay. So I go to the climbing gym a lot, and I like Mm -hmm. to describe the kids who just, like, bounce up the wall fearlessly, you know, limber, as they're not weighed down by, like, mortgage, college debt. Yeah. You know, bad breakups. Um, So maybe that's what's keeping these 17, 18, 19-year-olds able to run everything fearlessly. So you're saying once they get those things, they're going to be we're going to be at an even playing field. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And by that point you'll be master's age. I'll be 55. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. That's the uh, I'm the, so motivated now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and the bummer about being 32 and thinking about masters in 8 years. I know you're mm. probably not thinking about that, but like yeah. you're the same age as who else? Yeah, I'll be. I'm, I mean, Paul Macbeth is five days older than right, me. right, 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 right. I mean, I, I doubt he's a, he's going to retire probably before he plays play Masters. <laughs> honestly, he's probably going to play MPO until he's until he's done. But yeah, I'll be playing with Sexton, Jerem, Ulibarri, all those guys. And twenty years of ass kickings wasn't enough from them. No, <laughs> I, the amount of second places I've gotten to Nate Sexton is. I've got yeah. It's, That's uh, the hazard of living in the Northwest. Like Nate yeah. Sexton goes on tour. Here comes Scotty Withers. Yeah, I enjoyed maybe a year of being the top dog in Washington, and yeah. that was the year that uh, that was the year before Kyle Crabtree moved to Washington, <laughs> and then Kyle Crabtree moved, and then he uh, he went up north, and then Nate Sexton moved up to Olympia. So yeah, it's been tough. Up, I've never had like a situation where I'm just like, oh, I'm twenty points rated higher than everyone else in this field has always been like oh i'm the second guy and i got a battle which is kind of cool but uh i definitely have more second places and first places yeah i mean we yeah. don't get into disc golf because we don't like competing uh yeah so yeah i love it uh do you think that you would be the player you are if you didn't have that tough competition when you were you know when you were getting good um i'm not entirely sure i think if what exists now, the structure that we, the infrastructure we have for the Disc Golf Pro Tour yeah. in 2023, if we had that back in 2008 when I was 18, mm-hmm. I think I'd be a different player. I think I'd be a much different player. I think if the contracts that were there that were that are here now, then like there's a real there. upside now. Yeah, like we're seeing million dollar contracts in disc golf. And in 2008, we're like, oh, we got 250 bucks for an A tier win, you know. <laughs> so if we had that kind of, it, I'd definitely be on a different, different, different uh, trajectory. But I, I don't think I'd be different. Okay. Yeah, I think having Nate, Kyle, Avery Jenkins, Dave Felberg, all those guys, like they, they taught me how to play. They taught yeah. me who I am. They taught me how, who I am in the sport, you know. So. It's, how did you adapt? Like, can you give me a skill or a shot that one of those guys had that you adapted to fit your own game? Yeah, when I first started playing, I threw a lot of high-speed drivers. I still do. I, th- I threw a lot of high-speed drivers. And uh, Nate Sexton actually sat me down and was like, dude, start throwing putters, start throwing mids, start throwing <laughs> fairways. And I, like, he kind of taught me how to play disc golf in a way. Yeah. And then, and then once uh, he, I stopped playing with him as much, I started playing with Kyle Crabtree. He kind of continued that. He taught me, he taught me how to throw comets. Mm-hmm. He taught me how to throw uh, putters off the tee pad. And then, uh, but the biggest thing that I took from my competitors was my putting. Uh, it was mostly Dave Felberg and Avery Jenkins. I saw them and what they were doing, and I liked Dave Felberg's mechanics. Okay, he was very he's a very mechanical player. There's not much free flow. It's just like A to B, yeah, B to C. He's in a weird way, he's made rigidity work. Yeah, and I saw that, and I was like, I like how little movement there is and how precise it is, mm-hmm. but I don't like his lower body. It was too it was too stiff. Okay, and I wanted to get a little more power. 
And so I looked at to Avery Jenkins, and I appreciated his physicality and his use of his lower body, his legs, how low he gets to the ground, and uh, the use of his knees. So okay. I kind of combined those two, and that's where my putting style comes from. Cool. So out of all, yeah, out of all my shots, I'd say my putting benefited the most from playing against those guys. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What'd you learn from Dave Felberg? Um. I think the first time he came to Iron Hill, or maybe it was the second time, mm-hmm. he, he won the Delaware Disc Golf Challenge. This yeah. is probably like 2015, 16, oh, he was maybe. dominant. Yeah. Well, and, not as much as Paul, but yeah. Uh, at that point, he was nearing 40. But yeah. just the way he would finesse fast discs through the woods. Mm-hmm. Confidently. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it kind of, like, updated the meta on how to play Iron Hill. Because I yeah. think Mike Moser was the top dog in Delaware at that yeah. point. And, and he was throwing slower discs. Yeah. yeah. And he'd, you know, he'd throw a roadrunner on a steep hyzer flip or something. Yeah. But his goal was hit the spot. Dave's mm-hmm. was go as far as possible. Yep. And I think that that's kind of, like, that's what most of tour golf is right now, yep. is yeah. get as far down the fairway as you can in order to make your upshots and, Easy like, scores possible. play yeah. easier. That makes sense. But um, also, if you... If you're off by a degree, you can be in, especially at Waco, you can be in the front. Oh, you can get boosted. Yeah. Yeah. that You're talking double bogey. Yeah. Yeah. That's my purse. I don't know you kind of kicks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What kind of evolutions do you think we're going to see in, you know, like how players are playing or course design as, as, like, take the last 20 years of your experience and project it to the next five or 10? Yeah. So coming from Washington, Mm -hmm. I, I primarily played woods golf, much like probably you. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. And uh, coming out on tour, I've been seeing a lot more distance, a lot more golf courses that we're um, creating disc golf courses yeah. out of. And for me, for my game style, I need gaps <laughs> to hit. I like trees. I like hitting mandos. And uh, some of these courses that we play on tour are just like bomber courses, like Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, a memorial where, where if you play perfect, you're going to get 11th place. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, people like Aaron Gossage, AB, all those guys who can throw 550-foot pure hyzers, mm-hmm. they're going to benefit because their shot shape is easier than what I have to do because I have to flex. Yeah. So I, I, I'm hoping in the future we'll see a kind of a return back to um, OG disc golf, mm-hmm. where we still have some distance. Obviously, that's an important part of the game. But we do incorporate the woods when, when we can as much as possible. Yeah. I'm hope that's at least what I'm hoping for. Who do you think has to initiate that? Is that a is that something driven by the pro tour or media or I think it's players? a it's a joint effort. But I think a lot of the players, at least the players that we're seeing, the younger players, they like this new style of mm-hmm. just bomber golf, which is fine. I mean, it, granted, that's a skill. Distance is a skill, yeah. and they've worked on it really hard. Yeah. Why wouldn't they want to show it off? And when you think about it, this this sport is still relatively new compared to pretty much every other sport in the in the world. Right. So I think there's still a lot of growing we have to do and a lot of like we're still learning new things, trying out new things. Mm-hmm. So I think once we kind of figure everything out, we can kind of go back to certain styles of golf that we've forgotten, maybe. Okay. Um, are, are you going to own some land and build a course and do the dang thing? With my current contract, uh, I can't afford that. But <laughs> <laughs> I think every disc golfer's dream is to have a piece of land that they can build an 18-hole disc golf course yeah, on right. and uh, get their friends and maybe have some leagues or tournaments there. Mm-hmm. That is a dream of mine. But if I can piggyback on another player who has money <laughs> that's willing to do that, like maybe Sexton or Jerem or Paul and maybe be like a course pro, I'd be open to that as yeah. well. Yeah, we, sh- we should make a big collective of that. Like, yeah, maybe we can all pool our money together uh-huh. and just buy Yellowstone. 
Do you think the government would go for that? No. It'll probably blow up by then anyway, so. That's true. Uh, Super volcano. Hmm. You'd make for a cool disc golf course, though. Oh, yeah. Like, talk about a hazard. Yeah, just throwing over some elk, mm-hmm. some bison, wolves. Yeah. You know you know the... <laughs> Old Faithful. The top of the world shot? Yeah, De, uh, De La. Yeah. yeah. Well, we could have the bottom of the world shot as soon as, like, the cavern <laughs> opened up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that might be dangerous. <laughs> I'm in. Okay. Well, on that note, um, if you have positive comments and support, you can contact me at fish58320 on Twitter and Instagram. Chandler, if people hate the show and have complaints, where can they contact you? Uh, they can contact me at channel underscore fry on Instagram or my personal email. Just kidding. <laughs> my phone number is... Uh, no, I, I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, I've always appreciated you and uh, really looked up to you as a uh, kind of a smooth, ultimate... Uh, ultimate guy thanks you man know, like your comet throwing i you're throwing comments before me is that right? true when you started throwing comments uh when i started playing so yeah you started throwing comments before me because i went i didn't start throwing discraft until like four years ago yeah okay yeah that's how you like you brian and mj are the three guys that i look to to like kind of emulate my game after it's a it's a shockingly small club for how well that disc flies it's right Great. Like, what's your favorite round of comments? I, I know we're trying to end this, but I got. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> we'll just go on forever. Yeah. Um, there, there was a run of ESPs in about 2015, 16 that was pretty flat. Okay. Um, it's not super glidey, but it, for me, it was just like the perfect woods shaping disc. Okay. Yeah, I like the big Z comments from like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Those are L- my... little more stable, right? A little more stable. Um, the, I have a older one that's like a roller disc, but if you put it on like a spy kaiser, <laughs> it just pops up flat. I think if you, uh, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but last year's Ledgestone. Oh, oh that, what did you do? Ace oh, you seven? aced. Cool guy. Remember that? Do you see that? Of course I did. Yeah, that was that green comet. I gotcha. put it on a pretty steep hyzer and it just popped up flat uh-huh. and just glided. Well, what I'm trying to say is if you don't throw a comet, start throwing comets. Yeah. Uh, They're pretty sweet. Ch- Chandler is a good source for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Yep. And join us next time on the Fish Golf Broadcast. That's all for this episode of the Fish Golf Broadcast. But be sure to check out previous episodes and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Check out Fish Golf Broadcast hats and other apparel at discgolfbra.com and badger your friends until they listen too. Join us next time as I goad yet another guest into starting a fight with another touring player, campsite host, or toll booth attendant on the Fish Golf Broadcast. <laughs>